and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Specifically to speak on, on healing. I, I was thinking of spiritual warfare, and I'm still going to get there. It's probably part of this, but I was really just like, you know, healing is something important. And um, I don't think we, um, you know, we maybe talk about it a lot, but I think there's a lot of things that we don't talk about or we don't give it priority like we should. And, um, and so I am, the last couple of days, have been focusing on it and just praying about it and everything like this. And then I was like, okay, I can't not talk on it now. Um, because, you know, the more I, I kind of dig into it and, and look in the Word and, and all of that, like you realize, like, sickness is really just a work of the devil. Period. Sickness is really just a work of the devil. We know, uh, 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 if you've been here for a while, you should know by now, God wants you well. Okay. Uh, and I'm not saying all sickness is caused by the devil, but at the root of it, pretty much yes. So let's just blame him, even though we don't want to talk about him too much. Like, we know where it's coming from then. And let's, uh, let's realize that it's not something then that we should accommodate. It's not something that we should tolerate. It's not something we should uh, be excited about. I mean, you know, that's, that's twisted. Amen? If you see, like, um, I was in the hospital twice today. <laughs> Uh, this morning when I was there, um, yeah, I was in the children's ward and um, the um, uh, person that I was visiting said, you know, like, like the, you know, the, it's really bad if you look at what's like some of the children are having to go through here. And I mean, so you go to, I've been to many children's wards and, and if you go and you look at how sick kids are and, you know, they're innocent and all of this kind of stuff, like, and if you think that sickness is ever from God, then you really messed up in your thinking. Because how can a loving God like cause something like that? He doesn't. I mean, the proof is in the Word, but if you look at it like that, then it should make sense to you. Okay? So, I'll talk more about the, the children's word later maybe. But, you know, God wants us well. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about it in terms of how many people here even um, are in need of healing or in need of a miracle or, or like we're trusting God for something. Uh, physical and um, uh, 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 for a lot of those people, like we're, 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 we're how do you put it? We're like on the mission. We're living for Jesus. Like you, and and sickness slows you down. Sickness slows you down drastically. And it shouldn't be like that. Especially if you're wanting to go all out for God, then it should be a case of okay, well, let me deal with this so that it's dealt with, so that I don't have to be held back. It makes more sense, doesn't it? Okay? Uh, lovely testimony. I remember hearing this audio. Um, this is before YouTube. <laughs> so it was like kind of you had to really look for it on the internet. And I wish I had a copy of it. But I remember um, this, this, like a friend of mine, uh, and we were in the same church, and he had this audio. And so it's like, I don't know what platform or where it came from, but we were listening to this audio of this guy teaching um, on how sickness is from God. And, uh, you know, his voice, like, there was something wrong with his voice. I can't remember what, what was wrong with him. He was sick. Um, and um, he used to, like, speak like this or whatever. And he used to, like, speak. Like, you can't see anything because it's an audio. And he's speaking about um, how God gives us things like this to make us stronger and whatever. And he travels the world teaching like this. And it brings glory to God. And, and then all of a sudden, he starts talking perfectly. I loved it. And he stops. He's like, quiet. And he like, tries to talk again. And he's like, uh, I don't know what to say. And he was kind of like, just stumped. I don't have an answer. Maybe someone in the audience was praying for him. But it was interesting just to, to see how um, he had no more words to say after that. But, you know, so many people are in need of healing or a miracle and uh, hoping and a wishing and a praying doesn't work. And that's what most people do with, with, with when it comes to healing, especially if you can accommodate it, if you can tolerate it, then it's kind of like it's okay. But we need the right knowledge 
with regards to healing as well. That, that's one of the things that a lot of us don't want to seek after. Okay? And then we are, one of the other things which I, I realize is like we need to continually remind ourselves of what's ours in Christ. What, what Christ has made available to us. Okay? Because unless we're contending for what, we've, what, what belongs to us, we're not going to enjoy it. And I've seen more and more, there's a contending that needs to take place. Okay? The contending, what I mean is, is like you're not just passively waiting, but you're actively pursuing. And yes, you've already got it to a degree, but if you look at your body, some of you don't got it yet. <laughs> you might got all the spirit and all the power of the spirit to be able to, 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 to see healing manifest, but let's be honest, if there's no healing manifested in your body, you need healing. Okay? Philemon 1.6, it's, it's there in your notes, that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So, I like this verse because it's, it's talking about how faith becomes effectual. How faith begins to work. It's by acknowledging what you've got in Christ Jesus. And I know a lot of people who are trusting for miracle, trusting for healing, but they're not actively acknowledging what they have in Christ Jesus. So I'm just, as I've been studying this, I've been realizing like uh, a lot of the time, we're kind of like, yes, Lord, I'm trusting you, and we carry on with our lives. It's a focus issue. But we're not like, a, I'm, uh, like a, if you have to take your medicine three times a day, we're not kind of contending for healing like that. Because we've bought into this lie, pray once, it's done, and then just wait. Where do you see that in the Word? I mean, if you look throughout the Gospels, there is a walking in faith, a walking out in faith. But you look through the Gospels, you look through Acts, what do we see? People were healed, and they didn't, like, and they were healed. Like, they didn't confess it till they possess it. It was done. And that's what we want to see, amen? amen. We want to see more of that. So, you know, the, the life of faith isn't about waiting. It's not about things just happening in our life and we're just responding to it all the time. There needs to, it, it's not passive, it's active, the life of faith. So, but, but let's talk about this. The life of faith has a foundation to it which we need. What is that foundation? It's, it's Jesus, it's, it's the living word. Okay, 2 Timothy 3, 15 to 16 now this, some of you like this. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine and for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So when it says doctrine, it's talking about teaching or explaining the scriptures. Okay? So scriptures are, are, are profitable for teaching. Teaching what? The doctrine of Christ. Now, reproof is evidence. Okay? Reproof is evidence. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. So what I'm, what I'm showing you is the Word of God is our evidence. Why do you believe you're saved? If you're saved. <laughs> Why do you believe? Because the Bible says that if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and you confess that He is Lord, you shall be saved. And so you believed on your heart, you confessed with your mouth, and now you're saved. That's, you, what did you believe? You believed that He died for you, He rose for you, and you identified with that. So, that's how salvation came. How do you know you're saved? Because you, you, it's in the Word. You believed it. So, what, what I'm showing you is the evidence for your salvation, it's the Word. So, so the, the, the foundation or the evidence that we need to go for is the Word. How do you know that God's going to do something? How do you know if God wants to do something? We look at the evidence. We look at the Word. Okay? You don't look at your feelings. You get a lot of crazy Christians like this. I feel like God wants to do a new thing. They're picking out a verse. You know, God's going to do a new thing. But that verse is out of context and they just have a feeling about something, and it's like, let's, let's, let's be, let's be um, more mature about Bible interpretation. <laughs> let's, let's, let's be realistic about what does God want to do. Look in the Word. When we see the fact that He always wants to heal and He always heals, then we can expect that. 
Then we should expect that. We shouldn't expect anything else. Not based on feelings. I feel like God wants this or that, the next thing. Okay? We must rely on the evidence of the written word. Okay? The, the Bible is the evidence of God's power. So you read in the Bible and you see how the power worked and you see how the power was in operation and that's not just a story, it's evidence of what did happen and can happen. Okay? Don't look at it like a story. Look at it as evidence. Because that evidence can support what you're needing now. Okay? So it's not feelings or experiences. Faith begins... I love the saying, where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So you can't believe for what you don't know according to His Word. And yet a lot of Christians are deficient in Word, and so they're hoping and praying and believing for something that's not actually what they should be focused on. They're kind of like, you know, I'm trusting, I'm not going to expose you, go listen to the prayer series. <laughs> you know, a lot of this is exposed there, where we're praying for things that we shouldn't be praying for. And that's why uh, uh, we don't see results. Whereas prayer was set up so that you always get results. Okay, that was God's idea with prayer. So the point is, is if there's no word, if there's no evidence, then there cannot be any faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So there's no word, there cannot be any faith. Period. So don't expect someone to believe for anything if they don't know anything. Does that make sense? And often we are expecting to believe for things and we're trusting for things and then we get disappointed because we don't know anything actually. I mean, I've heard of, of, of believers you know, uh, 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 praying because they don't know any word and then they're like, um, they're sick and they want healing so now they're, they're starting to pray to, and speak to the devil about this. <laughs> Barter with the devil. Because the devil brought the sickness, so maybe if I can make an agreement with him. And it's like, read your Bible. <laughs> it's simple. So anyway, how do you know that the Spirit of God dwells in you? No, it has to be the Word. 1 Corinthians uh, uh, 6 verse 9, I think it is, speaks about how we're temples of the, living, of the living God, of the Holy Spirit. It cannot be, I feel the presence of the Spirit. Okay, because sometimes I feel things and I'm wrong. So it cannot be based on your feeling. Where's the evidence for you being a dwelling place of God? It's in the Word. Amen? Amen. Did you feel something when you got born again? Someone's going to say yes. But when you got born again, when you believed the gospel, most people don't feel something. Maybe they feel some emotion, but you don't feel complete change. You don't feel all of a sudden, I'm different. Like something happened deep down inside and you don't feel it necessarily because you don't know it. But I promise you, I, I experienced this. When I started to realize that I'm one with Him, that I'm filled with Him, that I've got His power in me and all of these things, what happened? I started to feel it. Do you know that I never saw anybody healed until I realized that I could pray for people and see them healed? Why? Because no word, no faith. And where there is word, there can be faith. Why else would I have you know, gone to all the effort to go to the hospital this morning? You know, what happened was someone messaged from, from, from Grace Life and said their, their baby was sick yesterday morning. It's three in the morning, I think they messaged. And so I messaged them back and I prayed and kind of said, I'll check in on you in an hour. And uh, within, before the hour was finished, they messaged and said, yeah, it's really not looking good. Like, and how do you kind of judge it if you're just listening to a voice note? And they said, you know, maybe we should take him to the hospital because he's really lifeless. Like, there's, there's, it's, it's not good. And I said, well, you mentioned the hospital, please go. They've already gone to the doctor. And I said, please go to the hospital. They're not the enemy. This, this would be good for you. Uh, and prayed again. And, uh, you know, there was already improvement through the prayer. And uh, they had some blood tests and stuff, and they don't know what the problem was. But... Um, the, all the problems have stopped and now they're just rehydrating the baby. And uh, I said, you know, can we bring you a meal or something like this? And they said, no, thank you. You know, the fact that we don't have to bury my child is enough. And I was like, was it that bad? 
I mean, we don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But the point is that they are spending the second night in the hospital. So it, it could have been that bad. But here's the thing. Unless, you know, if, if, if I believed that there was no hope with regards to sickness, then I wouldn't have gone through the effort of visiting. You know, what's the point of, of driving far and having to go park in a hospital parking lot, find parking, and then find your way into the ward and uh, see all these sick people that don't encourage you? You know, the, the only way, reason why we would do that is because we have word which is evidence to show that something can happen. Okay? So, we need to get to this place of we believe what the word says. And yet there's so many people who don't just believe what the word says. They, they, they kind of question everything, but they don't question it according to the word. They're questioning it according to their experience. And we must stop that and not allow our experiences to determine what we believe. Okay? We need to be very careful that our experiences don't determine what we believe. We must let the Word determine what we believe. Because if we don't, we're in trouble. If we don't allow the Word to determine what we believe, we're in trouble. Okay? So healing is a very important subject in the Bible, if you read your Bible properly. <laughs> And uh, at some point or another, everyone will need healing or you'll know someone who will. Okay? Why do we get sick? Because we live in a fallen world. So no one is exempt from it. Okay? So we need to kind of realize it's not just because maybe uh, 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 this, that we come up with many different reasons. Just come to the, the bottom line reason of we live in a fallen world, things go wrong, bad things happen, but God is good and there is healing available. Look at a couple of verses on those notes with me. Jesus showing us the importance of healing ministry, uh, uh, of healing through his healing ministry, okay? Matthew 4.23, it says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. So I, I like that because it's saying that there wasn't any kind of sickness that was uh, he was unable to heal. And his nature was wherever he went, he, he preached and he healed. He preached and he healed. You'll never see him just heal. Interesting. He preached and he healed. Matthew 4.24 And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and, and those which were lunatic, and those which had palsy, and he healed them. It's his nature to heal. Matthew 8, 16. And when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and cast out spirits with his word. And he healed all that were sick. Matthew 9, 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And we look at um, Peter uh, and uh, his commentary on Jesus' ministry in the book of Acts. Uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It's important when we read this to remember this is commentary on Jesus' ministry in the gospels. Okay? It's not commentary on now. It's commentary on what, what uh, Peter's talking about Jesus on earth before his death, burial, and resurrection. And it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now why I say it's important for us to see that it's before his death, burial, and resurrection, is now, it, 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 Jesus doesn't operate like that anymore. Okay? He, he's not trapped in his body. <laughs> he's trapped in your body and my body. So it's a bit different now. Okay? But the truth still stands there. It says, Who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So healing is a good thing. Okay? Sickness is a bad thing. It's an oppression. Do you like being oppressed? No. Someone's constantly like pressuring you, putting some heavy on you and just like against you. That's what sickness is, right? Sickness is never intended to bless you. Sickness is never intended to try and uh, help you get stronger. 
I mean, it can. We might, you, you probably know of a testimony of somebody who got sick and you had made them a better person. Awesome. But that's not everyone's uh, a testimony. For some people, it doesn't actually help them. Okay? It, it, it destroys them. It robs them of finances. It robs them of time. It robs them of focus. You know? It's a bondage. Sickness has nothing to do with God. And we need to, if we're wanting to contend for healing, we need to establish in our hearts that God doesn't want me sick and He doesn't have anything to do with sickness. Matthew 8 verse 2. You know, here we see, throughout Jesus' healing ministry, you know what He was doing? Is He was demonstrating God's desire and heart and willingness towards health and healing the sick. Okay, behold... There came a leper and worshipped him and saying, Lord, if thou will, uh, thou can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him saying, I will be thou clean. And the leper walked away confessing until he possessed it. <laughs> Doesn't work like that, right? If he was at some of our charismatic churches nowadays, he would have said, you know, I know that you're, hold your finger in place. I know it's falling off. Your hand is falling off. Hold it in there. It's leprosy. Keep it together. You know, where's your faith? <laughs> Say, I'm healed. I'm healed. <laughs> you know, it, 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 you're not healed if you're not healed. Yeah, we dress it up in many different ways. And often what I find is that that kind of mumbo-jumbo is really just to protect the integrity of the minister a lot of the time. Because uh, uh, it's easy for them then to say, oh, we had, I've seen some people do this. They didn't have verified healings in the meetings. But because you've got to possess, uh, name it and claim it and whatever, they had uh, cancer healed. I'm like, how did, you, how did you verify that in the service? They had someone healed of uh, all these things you can't see. <laughs> and it's like, wow, <laughs> God gave you x-ray vision. It doesn't work like that. Yes, you know, we, we trust and we're like, okay, we prayed for you. You believe you're healed. Thank you, Father. I'm believing I'm healed. And I'm going to go and get this tested now to make sure that it's done. Because if it's not, then we need to pray again. Otherwise, you can die. And people do. We were at uh, one of the big shots healing schools. And um, uh, 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 there was a lot of people who died after that. I was surprised how many people that we were connecting to in the school left there. They were all testifying on the TV program how God had healed them or the man of God had healed them. And when, you know, Big Shot, whatever his name is, came and laid his hands on me, then the power of God hit me and then they were running across the stage and they were, I'm healed, I'm healed. And then, you know, you message them on Facebook, how are you doing? How's your son doing? He's passed away. Why did, he, why did he pass away? Not, there's verified. I know some people who did get healed there. But it's because they didn't make contact with the power. They, they wasn't receiving for some reason. And so there wasn't healing. There was just, what do you call it? It's, it's, it's fantasy. It's not based on, on, on truth. Because we work our, ourselves up into this hype of a, a, a mental ecstasy trying to convince ourselves. When you know what will convince you? Firstly, the word convinces us that healing is available to us. Okay? That's what the word does. It convinces us that it's evidence that healing is available for everyone in every condition. But then what will convince me that you're healed? Is that you're healed. That a medical doctor can look at you and say, you know what? I mean, um, Malcolm, isn't that what you would like for Marcy? You don't want her to kind of just jump up and say, I'm healed today. I don't need these, pull the tubes out or whatever, let's walk out the hospital and, you know, let me, I'm not going to go for these other tests or whatever. Like, that would be foolishness. We want her to get, for the doctor to walk in and her to say, yes, I'm, I'm feeling much better, but the doctor to say, hey, we can't find any trace of anything here. You're completely healed. That, that's a much better testimony than, I'm healed, I'm healed. <laughs> and the person's like, kind of like, you know, falling apart. Especially if it's leprosy. <laughs> Thank you for that enthusiastic response. So the healing is the Father's goodness. Amen? 
when we, as I said earlier, when we're reading healing stories or testimonies in the four Gospels, we must remember their purpose. Okay? It's not just a story. It's evidence of what can be even now. Okay? And we don't just read it because we need to read the Bible. We read it to believe it. So if you read it in there, it makes it possible now and you've got to have that attitude with it. Okay? Why am I digging into this? Because we tolerate little things. Because we need to start taking a stand. Okay? So the Word of God isn't just for our reading pleasure. It's for our believing. Okay? We, um, look at this, the, the next verse there. This, 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 this challenges me. John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do in greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. This is not for sentiment. This is for action. This wasn't a nice... Jesus just kind of like you know, giving a benediction at the end of a service and bless you my child, you can do the same thing I did. You know, it, 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 it's not for sentiment, it's for action, it's for actually reality. God's desire is that we would live like Jesus in love. Love would cause you to action. You can't walk through a, a pediatric ward without, if you, can't, if you can walk, through a pediatric ward, a child's ward, without a, a, a compassion in your heart and wanting to actually connect with the kids and wanting to pray for them and all that, then there's something wrong. The love of God needs to impact you deeper. So this challenges me. When I read the Word, you know, I see that I'm a, a Jesus-filled, Jesus-empowered man called to preach the gospel, called to heal the sick, called to, called to do all of these things. And as you are, and uh, to preach the eternal message of salvation, eternal salvation with signs and wonders, okay? But uh, we don't see it so much. And I know that, 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 that all of us, we see a bit here, we see a bit there, we want to see more, amen? So why don't we see more? You know, why don't we see more? Like, I think, uh, like, as I've been meditating on this, one of the, there's a couple of big reasons, and I'll, I'll mention a couple, but I think we've got a lot more distract, well, not maybe, let me say not more. Let's not make us extra special in our generation. We've got a lot of distractions. So, you know, like, um, why am I not completely healed now? Because I'm distracted, even with, with ministry, with ministering to people. So I, I, I'm not focused in on, 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 on uh, feasting on the living word in the sense of spending hours just praying in the spirit and receiving and, and, and all of that kind of, because of what am I doing? I'm, I'm receiving mostly to give. And I'm challenged with that. You should be challenged with it for yourself. You know, in terms of, you know, Instagram's a great uh, uh, distraction. Like there's many things which are distractions in our lives, which it's not evil and it's not sin. I'm not going to stop watching uh, 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 Instagram videos because I don't do it for hours on end. I might do it for a few flicks here and there, you know, like before bed because it's entertaining. It gets me to stop thinking about you. <laughs> and I enjoy it. <laughs> but the thing is, is like I realize like what are you focused on? This is the big, biggest problem, I think, when it comes to healing and walking in the miraculous. What are you focused on? Because I know a lot of people are like, yes, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, do this, do that, do what Jesus did, and I'm, I'm, I'm this and that, the next thing. And, and then when you observe their life, okay, now let me just balance this out and say God's not rewarding us with power. He's given us power. He's not rewarding us with healing. He's already made provision for healing. But we've got to receive it. We've got to take hold of it somewhere. Okay? And that is contending for what belongs to us. We need to take hold of what belongs to us. But why don't we take hold of what belongs to us? Because we're comfortable with not having it. We're comfortable. You know, some of us might be a bit more desperate than other people. So it's like, okay, I'm getting a bit uncomfortable waiting for my miracle, my healing. I need to do something else. Like, what should I do? But then we've got 
Netflix or whatever, and life that just consumes us. You know, a lot, a, a lot of uh, te- healing testimonies that I've uh, heard and, and, uh, and I've been part of and I've seen, you know, what, one of the common denominators in all of these situations is often the people get to a place of shutting everything else out and saying, I'm focusing on this because it's important. Especially when it's life or death, because that's when we actually do that. But if it's something you can pop a pull for, it's... I've had people say, I don't need, need to be prayed for for this because it's easy just to kind of pop a pull. Pray for someone who's desperate. <laughs> so, you know, the distractions that we have... You know, one of the distractions I wrote down here, I, I'm glad I read my notes here. One of the distractions is Teachings. That appeal to carnality. And not teachings that reveal Jesus. Because teaching is supposed to reveal Jesus. Not tell you how to become prosperous. Some of the problems I've come out. I've come. Some of the problems I've come to find in my own life. Concerning healing. uh, Just not that that I've had. But in a lot of people is this. uh, What I'm calling, for lack of a better description, a universalist mentality. Okay? Universalism is everybody's saved, everyone's going to heaven, you don't need to do anything. You know, you're just realizing that you're saved. It's, it's hogwash, it's not in the Bible. Okay? A universalist mentality regarding healing is anyone can be healed without their participation. Anyone can be healed without their participation. Now let me pause there. What I've also realized in asking a couple of people about healing and, you know, should we teach it and whatever, like a lot of people are resistant to it, let's not. Why? Because it's, uh, we've got, um, what's it called? We've been hurt by it. We've, we, 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 we have seen it not work. Every single person's got a testimony of how it didn't work. And yet when we read the Bible, if, we, if, we, if we're honest, like we can't get away from healing. <laughs> we all know, I, I prayed for two people, I think, on their deathbed and they died. Two people and a baby. So I mean, it's, it's, it, I know it doesn't work sometimes, but I know what the Word says and I can't, I can't get away from it. The only way to get away from healing in the Bible is to start changing the Bible and saying that doesn't apply to me or this is different. And, and then you start messing with everything. When we look at the Bible, there's healing. Period. And so yes, we might have heartache and, and disappointments and all this kind of stuff with regards to it. Get over it. I am. And let's move forward and contend for what's ours. Okay, But a universalist mentality of anyone can be healed without their participation leads to passivity. And passivity will never receive from God. God's not withholding, but it's like um, how, how, how many people are passively waiting for something? You, you know, bad example. I was going to say you can't win the lottery if you don't play it. <laughs> <laughs> very bad example but I'm trying to think of an example but the point you get the point you've got to be in the game to win the game <laughs> forget about the lotto Ephesians no not Ephesians Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 to 3 long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son meaning in his son he's spoken to us And in these last times he spoke to us. He spoke to us through Genesis to Malachi, through the prophets. But now finally and completely and perfectly he speaks to us through Jesus. So Jesus is the full revelation of God. You can't know God apart from Jesus. That's what it is saying. Verse 3. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Exact imprint, perfect copy. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. That's the next verse that I've got there. 
Jesus said to him, John 14, 9, Have I been with you so long and still you do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? So if we, we look at the, the Jesus, we, we see God. We see his heart because he is God. Okay? 1 John 5, verse 20, And we know that the Son of God has come to give us understanding, so that we might know him who is true, and we are in him who is true. In His Son, Jesus Christ, He is the true God and eternal life. So from all of this, we can see Jesus is the revelation of God. Jesus is the fullness of God. We've seen Him, we've seen the Father. Jesus never put sickness on anyone. Jesus never refused to heal anyone. Jesus never put, uh, 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 withheld healing. What did He do? He healed all that was sick. We saw all those verses. Okay? Sickness is never God's will. Sickness is always an oppression from the devil. Sickness is never good, okay? Even if it's from natural consequences, it, it's the devil, okay? It's, it's demonic. We must reject every form of sickness. Why am I saying this? Because we don't. We tolerate, okay? We mustn't pamper sickness. We must deal with it. We mustn't accommodate it. Why? Because it's not God's will for us. And I'm not saying be stupid or foolish or anything like this. I'm saying be aggressive. Be aggressive. Amen. Deal with it. Get it out. Okay. We must not allow passivity in this area of health. Why? Because if you do, it'll kill you. And praise God you'll be with Jesus for eternity if you've received him. But God's got more for you than that. Amen. So a couple of verses, you know, we, we'll clarify some wrong perceptions uh, uh, about healing and, and God and all of this kind of stuff as we go along. But just a couple of verses quickly. Exodus 15, 26, it says there, And, and said, If thou uh, will uh, diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord our God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. Focus on that part. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Exodus 23, 25. And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and will take sickness away from the midst of thee. So this is just to show you, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Psalm 103, verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all of his benefits, who forgiveth thine, all thine iniquities and heals all thy diseases. God's not changed in his desire to heal. James 1, 7 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He doesn't change. And then Hebrews 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he healed yesterday, he'll heal today, and he'll always heal because it's his nature. Okay? So, what is healing? You'd think we, we, we don't need to answer that question, but <laughs> what is healing? Healing takes place in the body. Uh, when, when healing takes place in the body, it's a, a, it's a cure for a defect or a disease to put us in a normal state. Okay? To put us in a normal state. So if we've got sickness, we're not in a normal state. One of the problems with culture today is it makes sickness a normal state. And it tries to get us to accept certain sicknesses as normal. And yes, I don't think that there's a problem with people trying to adjust their lives and try and live a normal life with sickness. But in our minds and in our hearts as believers, knowing that sickness is a work of the devil, we shouldn't tolerate it and make it an identity. Because that's what people are doing nowadays. They're taking sickness as an identity. I am, and they fill in the blank with the sickness. You know, that's ownership. And in your heart, you've owned it. So... 1 Corinthians 6.19 What? No, you're not. That your body. Everyone say body. body. Say it like you mean it. Body. <laughs> body is a temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. This is talking about your physical body. 
which is a dwelling place of God. Now, how do you know that God lives in you? The evidence of the Word. Okay? Do you think God... Let me leave that thought for a moment. We'll come back to it. What I want you to see is that we're saved. Your spirit is saved. Okay? You're, you're being saved. Your soul is being saved. Your, your mind, your will, your intellect, your emotions, you're busy renewing that. It's being saved. And you will be saved. Future tense. Your physical body will in the future be saved. Okay? So there is a past tense, present tense, and future tense reality with regards to salvation. Romans 8.11 The Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies by His Spirit that lives in you. What I want you to see there is that the Bible calls your body mortal. Not immortal. Your spirit is immortal. It lives forever. Your body is not. How many of you have felt your body perishing at some point? Okay, that's not a negative confession. Don't worry. We're not going to write you up. We're not the confession police yet. What you need to see though is like we are perishing, but inside we have the glory of God in this earthen vessel. And so all we need is what's inside to come into contact with what's on the outside. Philippians 3.21 Who shall change our vile body? <laughs> I like the King James there. That's why it's there. Who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto His glorious body according to the working whereby He is able even to subdue all things to Himself. So, the believer's body is in, 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 in its present state is subject to sickness. You are subject to sickness. Okay? It's, a, 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 it's a, just a reality. But what we've got to remember is that every single time that you do get sick, you're a candidate for healing because of the Spirit of God that dwells in you. Jesus the healer dwells in you now. Just because you get sick doesn't make God's power invalid. Okay? It only proves that you're mortal and it, it, it gives you an opportunity to experience the power of God. So getting sick shouldn't be a problem. It shouldn't make us fall off our chairs because it's like, uh, you know, some people feel get sick and they're like, oh, I can't believe I got sick. Are you breathing still? <laughs> That's amazing. You know, anyway, <clears throat> one thing I, I, I kind of want to finish off with is, we won't maybe get to all the verses here, but salvation is the greatest miracle ever. Okay? Salvation is eternal. Okay? It's your spirit being saved for eternity. You become one with Jesus for eternity. By grace through faith. You don't deserve it. You didn't earn it. You believed the gospel and Jesus came to become one with you forever. That's the greatest miracle ever is that He lives in you and that He's, he's forgiven you of everything and for eternity you're with Him. Okay, that's the greatest miracle ever. Healing is temporal. When you die, you're not going to need any more healing. <laughs> okay? Next life, we don't need any healing. Okay? And whatever healing you get now will only last this life. And you might get sick again. With something else, it doesn't matter. But the point is, healing is temporal. Salvation is eternal. I'm not diminishing healing and saying it's not important. But what I'm saying is that salvation is much more important. I know people, when I was in Bible college, they would go out to the stores and they would pray for people to get healed and they would never share the gospel with them. Their aim was just to see a healing. And I asked, I was like, so you would let that person go to hell? No, someone else must come and do that. I'm just a, a healing minister or whatever the case is. And it's like, no. No. <laughs> Yeah, we, 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 we are called to preach the gospel with signs following. We're not called to miracle ministries. 
We're called to preach the gospel with miracles following. We're not called to miracle ministries. If there's a miracle ministry and the gospel's not being preached, it's not God. It's not Jesus. It's deception. Okay? But look at this. Salvation is the greatest miracle ever. Healing is temporary. So if, let's, let's think about salvation. If salvation was all up to God, would everyone be saved? Yes. But it's not because people need to hear the gospel and they need to believe the gospel. So now, with something less important, salvation is an eternal thing, so it's more important. Healing isn't as important as salvation. But God wants us well. He wants us healed. If it was up to Him, would everyone in the whole world be healed? Yes. Why aren't they? Because they haven't heard and they haven't received. Okay? So, you know, God can't force anything on anyone. In the four Gospels, He often asks them, Do you believe? Or He says, Your faith has made you whole. This is the thing. God provides the power... We provide the action. God provides the power. We need to take hold of it. It's there for all of us, but we need to take hold of it. Luke chapter 5, verse 12 to 13. And it happened when he was in a certain city that, behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus. And he fell on his face. I just... <laughs> anyway, he's about to get healed, so just... Just bear with me. So this man who was full of leprosy fell on his face and imploring Jesus said, Lord, if you are willing, the Bible's quite humorous at times, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left. So any damage that was caused by him falling to the ground was now healed. Okay. <laughs> Jesus is declaring God's will concerning healing here. Okay? The man came to Jesus, which was an act of faith. Did you see that? You don't see healing in the Bible where there isn't an indication of faith. It's important for us to note that. There has to be faith somewhere. You know, messaging uh, 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 the dad in the hospital, can I come and visit and pray for your son? Yes. Great, there's faith. Some people would say, no, it's okay, you can just pray there. That's fine. <laughs> Luke chapter 5, verse 15. However, the report went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and be healed by him of their infirmities. Hear and be healed. Hear and be healed. There needs to be word for there to be faith. Verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day that as he was teaching, the, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. This is key. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. But not all were healed. But not all were healed. Okay, if you look in the next couple of verses, you, you, you see how, I'm not, it's in your notes there, but I'll just uh, uh, tell you, Jesus is teaching, the, it says, the prayer, presence or the power of the Lord was present to heal, and then some friends bring their friend, they want him healed, he's paralytic, and he, they, they, they make a hole in the roof, and they drop him through the roof, one person gets healed. There's the power of the, the, the what, how does it put it? The power of the Lord was present to heal them. One person gets healed. Why? Because in faith, his friends took him, lowered him through the roof, had to make a hole in the roof first, lowered him through the roof, and then Jesus healed him. And there's a lot that we can see and say in that um, a, a, a story, evidence, but uh, uh, we're not going to get into it for time's sake. But what you do need to see is that they heard the word and they, they, they heard the word of Jesus healing 
They believed it, now they acted in faith. And they brought him. Okay? Jesus says there, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he rose up. Yeah, you, throughout the, 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 the Gospels, you know what we see? Is Jesus telling people to act on their faith. Not act faith. And this is something we'll have to talk about as we get into this. But so often, people are like, I don't need these glasses anymore. Yay! <laughs> they'll run into a wall or something. It's not God. What do we do? It's like, act on your faith in a sense of, respond to the Word. Try and do something that you couldn't do before. But don't be foolish about it. Okay, breaking your glasses isn't going to get you healed. Faith will. The power of God will. Putting faith in His grace will do it. You don't need to do something drastic like that. People like that are trying to twist God's arm, trying to make, make something happen, persuade Him. He doesn't need persuading. You do. Okay? So they acted on the Word. You look at the woman with the issue of blood, Mark chapter 5, you see the same thing. Many people are touching Jesus in the crowds, but one woman is like, if I just touch Him, just touch the hem of His garment, I'll be healed. So she reaches out, she goes through the effort, and she's healed instantly. She didn't walk away going, I'm claiming it, I'm possessing it, it's mine, in the name of Jesus. There wasn't anything like that. She believed, she touched, she got healed. It should be simple like that for us. For some or other reason it's not, but we don't contend to push through the crowd. Now Jesus, we don't need to touch Jesus, He's one with us. But how much are we contending for this? In the, in the sense of, in private, spending time, studying the Word, spending time in prayer, daily, like speaking over our bodies, speaking over loved ones, or whatever the case is. You know, most of us are speaking more about the problems than we are the power of God. Here's the thing, it's not up to God who gets saved, it's not up to God who gets healed. It's up to us. It's not up to the minister who gets healed. <laughs> it's not up to the minister, it's not up to me. All the preacher does is give you an understanding of what you've got in Christ, what's available to you. We minister and we can kind of like bring the fire hose, turn it on, but you need to, you need to be par partner with that and say, okay, I'm receiving. There needs to be some faith somewhere. Last thing I want to share on this. This, this really impacted me. Proverbs 4, 20 to 23. My son... Give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. So give attention to means to give priority, give first place. Are we giving priority or first place to what God says? And you might be saying, yes, I am. Okay. Let, let, let's break it down. Now, again, God's not rewarding us. But this is a revealing our hearts. Am I truly focused in on God and giving Him priority like I should be? That's the question. It will be revealed in my approach to the Word and what I walk away with from the Word. So, for example, the Word says, don't forsake the assembling together of the saints. So, if you're forsaking the assembling together of the saints, then you're really not serious about God's Word. If you're not giving generously to the kingdom, then you're not serious about God's Word. You can't buy your healing. But you not giving is showing that you're not serious. So how serious are you in these matters is, is actually the, the, the issue. Because the way you spend your time getting into the Word, the way you spend your time fellowshipping with other believers, the way you spend your time serving, the way you spend your money is going to reveal what's actually important to you. Are you truly giving priority to the Word? Then I like that word incline. Where is it? Incline your ear to my sayings. Incline can be uh, uh, um, defined as to bow or to bend. It's, 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 it's referencing humility. 
to bow or to bend. We need to have humility in coming to God's Word that when we do see something, we change. We make a decision. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do that. God says this is important. I'm going to say it's important. Or whatever the case is. The issue is, is the attitude, your attitude to the Word of God is your evidence for healing. Your attitude to the Word of God is your evidence for healing. Because the evidence is the Word, but it's not just about the Word. You can throw the... The the devil knows the Bible. Okay? It's not about what you know, it's about your attitude towards that evidence. Okay? So, what's your attitude towards the Word? What's dominating your heart? What's happening in your life right now? Is that what's dominating you? Or are you dominated by the Word? You know, you get a pain in your body, that pain is speaking loudly. I understand that. Speak louder. You know, are you, are you uh, 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 going with the natural course of the situation? Then you head towards death. But as believers, we need to take a stand and go, there's a supernatural part of this. There's a supernatural part of this. There's a supernatural God. So I'm going to speak louder than the circumstances. I'm going to speak louder than the pain. And I'm going to, I'm going to get, tap into the power that's at work within me. I might, not, I, I might not know how to do that perfectly. But I know the Word reveals it, so I'm just going to keep contending for it. I'm not trying to persuade God to give me something or reward me something or not persuading God to move in this place, but I'm persuading myself that God's power is present to heal and I'm saying, let's go for it. Let's not be passive in waiting for something to happen and let's say, hey, you know what, I don't have to have these problems in my body because uh, they do cause some complications and it does hold me back and it is uncomfortable and it would be really great if I didn't have to travel with all this medicine or whatever the case is. So we need to say things out loud, speaking to our bodies, speaking life. Why out loud? Because then you hear it. <laughs> because what you, you are the best preacher in your life. You, you, know, you might not believe what I say, but your body will believe what you say. So if I'm saying, you're healed in the name of Jesus, and you walk out of here and say, I'm just feeling so sick. Your body believes you. Your body doesn't believe me. You've got to be the one speaking to your body. And yes, I can speak too, and the person sitting next to you can speak. But, unless we need to get rid of a, a, a deaf and dumb spirit, right? <laughs> then they can't speak. But with these powers combined, when we come together, we release life. Amen? So preach to yourself. Don't allow your feelings to dominate you. Allow the Word to dominate you. If the symptoms increase, speak louder. Amen. So Father, I thank you that this is just a good introduction for us as we get into the Word concerning healing and I know there's many things that we need to get into Father I know that we don't need to know everything to be healed but I thank you that this is a good foundation for us so far already knowing that you are good and your desire your will for us is healing and so Father I thank you that our hearts would just become sensitive and soft to your will. I pray for each one here that we wouldn't allow the disappointments. I really feel strongly with regards to this, that we must let go of disappointments, of seeing it not work, of seeing loved ones pass. We must let go of those things because they will hold us back. And yes, it's sad. Yes, it's not nice. I've gone through things like that, but we need to let go and we need to go with the word. And so, Father, I thank you that for those who are needing to just let go of hurts, of disappointments, that they would just do so now in the name of Jesus. And that even in these next couple of weeks together, that they would just form such a strong conviction that if the Word says it, it's mine. If the Word says it, it's mine. 
that they would not falter, that they would not hesitate, but that they would just have this audacity. If the Word says it, it's mine. Period. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that this doesn't have to become our main aim in life and our all-consuming topic, but it is important. Thank you that we would keep the priority on ministering the message of eternal salvation, but we would realize that it needs to be accompanied with signs, wonders, and miracles. Those signs, wonders, and miracles happen when we happen. So I thank you, Father, that we would be stirred up through this teaching through the series that we would be stirred up that we would rise up and that we would see things start to happen in the name of jesus thank you father thank you father just as a a way to respond to the message just with your eyes closed just focusing on God, like I want to invite you that if you've realized there's something that you're tolerating, there's something that you're struggling with, and there's something that you, need, you, want, you don't want it, you realize like they're, they're, that you're needing to, to, to receive some healing in some part, or a miracle, or something like that, then I want to encourage you to stand. And we're just going to finish off by praying together. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that your will for us is healing. Your will for us is health. And as each one stands now and has just focused in on you, I thank you that they would begin to just have the revelation of Jesus just exploding within them by your Spirit, Father. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the evidence in the Word which says that we have access to this healing, that this healing power dwells in us. Thank you that there is no... uh, 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 You're not withholding for any reason, any healing. Thank you, Father, that that we we, we don't have to perform in order to, to obtain. We just need to believe. We're believers, so that's pretty easy for us. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that there's just a spirit to contend that rises, an attitude to contend that rises up within each person standing here right now, responding to this in the name of Jesus, that we will not back down. We will not be passive. We will not allow the enemy's works to to, to dwell in our bodies, but we will rise up in boldness and declare your will, which is healing and wholeness completely in every part of our bodies. Father, I thank you that your power right now is even present to heal. We don't have to go through the whole series. And so right now, I just thank you that, that whoever needs, that they would just receive in the name of Jesus. And I just take authority over every condition, every chronic condition, every lingering condition, and I say, be gone in Jesus' name. Spirit of infirmities, go. Spirit of affliction, go in the name of Jesus. And life and healing flow. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for supernatural change this week that we will already notice a difference as we continue to minister to ourselves, as we continue to allow your Spirit to minister to our bodies this week, as we pray over ourselves and speak life and release life. I thank you, Father, we're going to see major things happening in Jesus' name. And thank you, Father, that's going to overflow from us to other people and that we're going to be able to encourage them and minister to them. We're going to be able to teach them and we're going to be able to minister to them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. I want to finish off by saying this, you know, we often have this lie that uh, you pray once and it's done. But what I've realized is like it's good to blast it every single time that you can. 
<laughs> All you're not, you're not, it's not unbelief to pray twice. In certain respects, yes. But what we're doing is we're, we're releasing a life. We're not saying, Jesus, please heal me. We're saying, in the name of Jesus, I command life to manifest. And so every time you feel an ache or a pain, every time you have to take medicine or whatever, just be like, thank you, Father, your power is at work in my body. I command life and wholeness to manifest. And you just keep speaking life, keep declaring it, and just blast it every time. That's why when people phone me and they're like, this is a negative situation, my baby, whatever, I'm like, okay, I'll check up on you in an hour. Because it, 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 we can't just do little hopeful, wishful things and hope to see You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Cape Town area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.co.